Hi, this is William of Clermont, and welcome to History of Estonia podcast. This podcast is meant to tell many of the interesting stories, legends, and historical events there are to tell about Estonia. I guess before we get into the podcast, a brief description of myself and why I, an American citizen with no ethnic ties to Estonia, am making a podcast on Estonia. I am not the type of person that believes in destiny, but for some reason, from the first moment I was introduced to Estonia, I was drawn to it. I was in my 20s, and I had always had the American backpacker's dream of visiting Europe that I couldn't shake. So I took my meager savings, and I decided to use the pretext of studying at Tallinn University as a reason to visit Estonia in the year 1997. It was shortly after Estonia declared independence from the Soviet Union in 1991. It was a wild and interesting time. The country was trying to find itself and trying to pick up the pieces of the huge mess the country was in. There was poverty despair. Environmental catastrophes were left by the Soviets in the rush to get out of places like Silamai and Paldiski. But the country, and Tallinn specifically, has an ageless charm. The the medieval buildings and walls had seen many foreign conquerors come and go, but the fortifications and charm of Tallinn, the country's capital, had survived it all, which gives the city and its inhabitants an aura of permanence. The citizenry had endured plagues, massacres, subjugation, and still kept determined in their desire to better themselves and trudge forward, doing the best to hold on to their language and culture. I am going by the name William of Claremont because my first name is William, and I come from the county of Claremont in the state of Ohio. And, ironically enough, it is a reference to the Council of Claremont in which Pope Urban II called for a crusade to the Holy Land in the year 1095. It would be the first of many crusades the Catholic Church would declare, and this crusading fervor would inevitably change the path of Estonia's development. Estonian Origins The ancestors of modern-day Estonia have inhabited the area around modern-day Estonia since around the 8th millennium BC. With the fact that mankind has been around for a debated period of around 2.5 million years, it is not a long time at all. Man may have indeed been to and inhabited the current area of Estonia, but with the Ice Age causing the glaciers to expand and strip away the surface, no evidence is, is left of earlier civilizations. The same can be said about the area I am from. I am from Ohio, in the United States, and the southern boundary of the glacier stopped just south of Ohio. And therefore, no dinosaur fossils can be found in this area of the United States because of glaciation. What the glaciers did not strip away, but left exposed in Estonia and Ohio, is the limestone bedrock. In Estonia, boulders can be seen that have been carried from far north by the glaciers and deposited oddly out of place in the Estonian countryside. These boulders wound up in the folk tales of Estonians, 
Oddly enough, both Estonia and Ohio, 400 million years ago, in the Ordovician, were much closer to each other and were both underwater in a warm tropical sea where life was abundant. This is why early crusaders had an abundant supply of hard limestone to build with. Before 8,000 years BC, Estonia did not have as much land as there is currently. At that time, the Baltic Sea was a freshwater lake, but when the lake broke through the Belingian Mountains in central Sweden, the elevation of the lake dropped 20 to 30 meters, exposing much more habitable land than was previously available. At the same time, the climate began to warm, and pine and birch forest appeared, and with the warming climate came a more diverse animal life, and eventually humans followed. According to the book History of Estonia by Mati Lauer, Tonis Lucas, Ein Messolu, Agopajur, and Tonu Tonberg, which I have been using as a helpful source in studying this podcast, I will be using it as a chronological guide through Estonian history. From the period from when the humans first inhabited the land of Estonia to the subjugation of the Estonian people in the early 13th century are, are referred to as the ancient times. Up to the collapse of the Soviet Union to the modern time. I would like to then go back in time again and research in more detail many of the important events and stories of people that I couldn't dwell on and have it completed in a reasonable period of time so that the timeline of our historic, historical narrative will progress. In the ancient times, there were no written records. So all we have to go on are the antiquities that were left behind from former settlements, burial mounds, sacrificial mounds, tools, and areas where metals were forged. When the German crusaders came north, they brought the written record with them, and from this point forward, we have some written account to go on. Folklore can be used as it depicts traditions passed down from generation to generation. I hope to include much more content in the future relating to Estonian folk traditions and hope to one day make an episode or some episodes on Kalavipoig, the Estonian national folk hero. Scandinavian sagas of the 13th century were written after being passed down from hundreds of years of oral tradition and provide fairly reliable descriptions of interactions with ancient Estonians. This is, unfortunately, about all, about all that we have to rely on when it comes to history in ancient times, until we get to the Chronicles of Henry of Livonia, who we will talk about more in depth. Henry of Livonia provides an incisive description of fortified settlements, the local pagan religion, and the Christianization of the Estonians. The, the eight and a half thousand years that we refer to as ancient times are divided up by the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, and the Iron Age. The Puli settlement is where the Stone Age begins in Estonia. At around 11,000 years old, the first settlement was discovered 16 kilometers from Parnu, on the right bank of the Pernu River, 
Flint arrowheads, which are not available locally, were found there, along with bone tools such as fish hooks. A dog bone on this find shows evidence of domestic domestication and a mutually beneficial relationship. It is thought that these people migrated north as the glacial ice retreated, following rivers, lakes, and the sea. Prior to the, the discovery of the Puli settlement, the Lambismegi settlement in Kunda was previously the oldest settlement discovered in Estonia in the 8th millennium BC. In ancient times, Lamismegi was a small island in Lake Kunda. Unlike the Puli settlement, today many other sites just as old as Kunda have been located in all countries on the eastern coast of the Baltic Sea, from southern Finland to the mouth of the Vistula in modern-day Poland. The people of the Kunda culture always made their settlements next to a body of water. Being located next to a body of water allowed for fishing, hunting for game that came to drink, the fresh water, and the waterway allowed for easier transportation than forests. Fireplaces have been found in Kunda settlements, but no remnants of walled structures. It is theorized that conical-styled tents housed the inhabitants, made up of animal skins, branches, in the, and in the wintertime, turf was added for extra insulation. And in the middle of the tent, a fireplace surrounded by stone provided heat and light, also allowed the inhabitants to cook indoors. These Stone Age people used stone, bone, and wood as tools. The Kunda culture largely used bones and horns as tools, especially for hunting and fishing. Chisels made of bone helped break through the ice so that fishing was a source of food even in winter. Spears, both small and large, were made with barbs to ensnare fish and large aquatic animals such as seals and beaver. Hunting land animals was also a source of food, bone and hide, and two-thirds of the bones found at Kunda were from elk. Beaver bones were also plentiful. Also noteworthy were dog bones, showing the hunters likely had four-legged companions as well. The use of pottery is a marker for the beginning of the Neolithic period. Spanning the first half of the fifth millennium in the middle of the second, early pottery was a mix of clay, sand, and shells and resembled big kettles with a pointy bottom, probably placed into a hole in the earth and rocks were used to, or rocks were used to keep the pottery upright. At the start of the fourth millennium BC, or around 2500 BC, the comb pottery culture arrived. They were named after, dec after the decorative pottery they made with dimples and small indentations in rows, like a mark a comb would make. It is widely believed this advanced marked the arrival of new tribes. This culture hunted and fished, much like the Kunda culture before. There was a marked advance, however, in their skill in making tools and utensils. The burial customs of the comb pottery people are also better understood than earlier cultures. The dead were kept near, either buried with the settlement or sometimes in the floor underneath the dwelling. 
The dead were buried with many personal items they might need in the afterlife. The items range from useful items such as knives and scrapers to ornaments such as amulets made of animal fangs and tusks, figures made of bone and also amber. The items found mark not only a high level of artistic achievement, but also indicate a developed religion and belief system. Figurines such as birds, snakes, and men were carved from bone and amber. It is likely the people believed the figurines held magical powers and would grant the owner the strength and abilities of the animal and birds represented. The people of the comb pottery culture are considered the direct ancestors of the Baltic Finns, Estonians, Livonians, Karelians, Vespians, Ingrians, and Vatics. A reconstruction of a skull show a people with a broad face, high cheekbones, and almond-shaped eyes, resembling other Finno-Agrarians living in Siberia. The Boat X culture arrived in Estonia at the beginning of the 3rd millennium, or 2200 BC. Named after their boat-shaped battle axes, the axes were well-polished with an eye hole to receive the handle. The boat axe culture's pottery was declared with a cord imprint, and the burial practices were distinct from the Kunda culture as well. Quoted from the book History of Estonia, the dead were laid on, the, on their sides, huddled together with their knees pressed against their breast and one hand under their head, buried in graves dug into the earth. Burial places were normally close to the settlement or a nearby hill or near a body of water. Items buried with their loved ones are engraved on bones from domesticated animals. They are reported to have kept pigs, goats, cattle, and sheep. Some studies suggest that they also may have been cultivating the land, bringing agriculture to Estonia for the first time. The original territory of the Boat Axe people was between the Dnieper and the Rhine rivers. They moved north up into Estonia looking for better pasture. These people, however, were Indo-European. Also, when you compare a skull from the Boat Axe culture burial place in Ardu, it shows a man with an oblong head, high face, and thin nose. This supports the theory that even as far north as the northern part of Estonia, the Boat X culture were likely of Indo-European background. It appears that the comb pottery culture and the Boat X culture lived side by side in general peace. And there is no archaeological evidence of conflict between the cultures. There is also no evidence of the merging of the two cultures. The most popular theory is there the is that there, there are ancestors of the Baltic tribes, the Lithuanians, Latvians, and Old Prussians, while the comb pottery culture remained predominant north of the Daugava River, laying the foundation of the languages of the Baltic Finns. However, the boat axe culture did not leave their mark on modern-day Estonians. Blue eyes and light hair, regarded today as characteristics of an average Estonian, were not typical of the comb pottery people. The boat axe people played a role in the development of these characteristics in Estonians. 
as well as contact with connections with Germans and other tribes in ancient times. As of now, I don't have a set schedule. I should be able to put out a fair amount of episodes reasonably soon because I've spent a lot of time researching and writing, so there's a lot of content already ready to go. I'm personally in a business that is extremely busy at some points and extremely slow at others. I'm in the slow season of my work at the beginning of this podcast, but by the end of it, when summertime comes around, it looks like I'll take a break and we'll pick up podcasting again in the fall. So, thank you for listening. Until we meet next time, Nagamisini. <laughs>